I'm Stephanie Cox, and this is Mobile Matters. Today, I'm joined by Gilda Hilaire at Aetna. Gilda is a senior product manager for marketing technology and also happens to be a Salesforce trailblazer. She has an extremely impressive background in digital marketing with companies such as Boston Consulting Group, Liberty Mutual, Johnson & Johnson, and more. In this episode, Gilda and I talk a lot about why you shouldn't underestimate the importance of having a well-thought-out mobile strategy, how mobile is more personal than any other channel, and what you need to do to get through the carrier approval process for your short code. And make sure you stick around till the end, where I'll give my recap and top takeaways so that you can not only think about mobile differently, but implement it effectively. Welcome to the show, Gilda. You and I have talked previously around the importance of strategy when you think about your overall you know, digital marketing strategy and how mobile ties into that. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you think about putting together that type of strategy? Mobile to me is, it's a great way to really engage with your members slash um, target group. However, it's also very personal. It's more personal than email, and it's highly, highly regulated. I do think that there are a lot of organizations that that are doing this really, really good. And then there are other organizations that are struggling. And I, I think that the reason they're struggling is because they're putting the cart before the horse, doing the build before putting the strategy together, right? I think when it comes to mobile, you really have to sit down with your team and figure out and understand, you know, why are you communicating via mobile? What do you want to achieve? You know, who are you targeting? What are you offering, right? Are you sending them an alert? Are you reminding them about something? Are you sending them an update? Are you confirming an appointment? Um, is this a follow-up, a sweet take, sweet take, sweepstakes, or are you sending them a billing reminder? And let's not forget, Mobile can also integrate into your overall cross-channel marketing program. So what does that look like? You know, a lot of the email service providers, they offer a way for you to build an automation or a journey. So how are you going to integrate mobile into that customer's journey? At what point in the program do you plan on sending them that message? And then where are you putting that call to action and most importantly, the last couple to me are so critical. Like, how often will you send out these messages? Is this daily? Is it weekly, monthly? I think a lot of people struggle with understanding what is a short code and what is a keyword. And how does that affect the entire organization as a whole? That's a really great point. The number I use in the United States isn't the same one that'll work in Canada. And certain countries don't even use short codes. They use 10-digit long codes that are more familiar with like a traditional phone number. And then, you know, your keywords, the one thing I always tell people is that, you know, short one-word text that I text into my short code, one, don't pick a keyword with spaces in it or something that will autocorrect on your phone because it will never work properly. (laughs) But then also make it something that's easy to spell. And once you use it one time, you should assume it's gone forever. And earlier you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of regulation in mobile. It's also very expensive to get this stuff up and running the first time. It's not it's not a free investment to get a, a short code. And so you really got to think about what you're doing with it. And I think understanding also that carrier approval process. So Again, it goes back to putting the cart before the horse. 
There's a whole process with getting a short code approved. So in addition to building that strategy, when are you targeting to send out that first short code? Because if you don't have the short code for you to use, there's a whole carrier approval process. And the other point around this is you have to build out the strategy at the organization level, especially when it comes to the short code and the keyword strategy. Your point around carrier approval, I think, is really spot on because the one thing I think a lot of marketers don't realize is you have to, as part of that approval process, right, provide sample messages that you're going to send out. So you really have to have thought about not just what you're doing with it, but what type of content you're going to send out and provide all that documentation. And then my favorite part of that whole process is you submit it and you (laughs) wait. (laughs) You patiently and you don't touch anything i have been in situations where during the process the requester will come back and want to modify the message i'm like no we can't modify it it's currently going through approval right so if you're launching a campaign in february really start building out your strategy in august september and if you don't have a short code start thinking about submitting that in um, in October. And your point around patience is so, so spot on again, because I've been in that exact same situation. They're like, oh, it's already working on AT&T. Let's start using it. I'm like, you don't understand. We have to wait. Well, why can't we just call Sprint and ask them to, to approve this? That's also not how it works. <laughs> and then I think people also forget that at any time, any of those carriers can audit you. And if you're not complying with all the regulations, turn off your ability to send messages to people on their network without even telling you. And you're right. It costs costs thousands of dollars per month, but they will randomly audit. And and what they'll audit is, for example, if in the form you specifically say you're going to send a message, one message per month. And they find out that you're sending three messages per month. They can shut you down. So you have to be truthful in your carrier approval form. And you have to specifically be very specific in um, in your answers. Because that is exactly what they're going to do is when they audit. They're going to look at what you submitted and look at what you're actually doing. Exactly. And if... If your strategy does change over time, which we all know, right, as we evolve, what we want to do on any channel tends to evolve as well. You can submit an updated form and go, you know, and kind of say, like, this is what we're doing now and kind of go through that process as well to kind of prevent any issues. So I know we've been talking a lot about, you know, mobile strategy and the importance of getting that in place. When you think about creating a strategy, obviously there are goals and objectives tied to that. So what are the things that you're typically trying to measure on mobile to determine success? Well, similar to email, you know, number of people signed up. But as far as tracking, if you're not, if you don't already have people opted in for mobile, then you want to have a way for them to sign up to receive SMS messages. You know, the number of people signed up, And then when you start sending out SMS messages, you want to start tracking number of people sent to. You want to try, you know, track the click-through rate if the link is sent. And then how many people opt out 
And then the carriers also do a level of reporting. So what carrier is being used most by your audience is another great report to track. And then opens reporting. Find out who is opening your text messages and look at their responses. Again, this all goes back to what your mobile strategy looks like. will also help you identify what exactly you want to track. A lot of times people focus on, oh, well, we've had, you know, 10,000 people opt in for SMS. And I'm like, okay, but how many people are opting out every time you send a message? How many people are click, you know, to clicking on the links that you're sending? Or, you know, how are you measuring whether there's ROI from what you're doing? And if you're seeing, you know, an unusually large number of opt-outs, that can tell you something very clear about the type of content or the frequency of what you're sending. Exactly. Again, I think it's, you know, it to me, for mobile, a lot of times it feels like a, a spray and pray. So I know one of the things that you mentioned, right, was this importance of thinking about mobile as part of your overall digital communications strategy. So how do you think about cross-channel, you know, customer journey management? I work at an organization and they, one of the things that they did is they were responsible for sending patients reminders about upcoming doctor's appointments. So what they did as a cross-channel is they would send out two email reminders, letting the patient know that they have an upcoming appointment and then for them to confirm the appointment. If they didn't confirm the appointment through the two emails, they would get an SMS message if they were opted in for SMS. So that is one example of a really good way that they were using the cross-channel. I think that's such an interesting way to think about it because, you know, what you've done is, right, you've done what I would say is you know, some of the, I would say, easier channels, right, to drive some awareness. And then you kind of, I would say, nicely prodded them. And then when they still hadn't taken the behavior you want, you sent a mobile message. And, you know, is it the mobile message that did it? Or is it that, you know, you guys, it was like, you kept reminding them, and then you got to them on mobile, and it came across as like something helpful, and almost like expected from your brand, right, which is what drove that behavior. You know, part of the strategy for us is that we wanted to use mobile. And I think that that's what really caught their attention is that, okay, if I'm getting an SMS message, then this is important important and I need to take actions. Well, and that's a perfect segue to this idea of we see mobile messages as important because it is so regulated. So we don't get as many as we do for email. And so when we do get them, we take notice, whether positively, like, thank you for sending this to me, I'm going to take action, or why are you in my SMS, I'm going to opt out. And we don't want them to opt out. So that's why you have to be very careful in what messages you send. And you know, I think frequency is also important. You know, you really have to understand what that calendar looks like so that you're not sending an SMS message to that same customer at the same time. So when you start to think about the future of mobile, you know, what do you think marketers need to be aware of today and start thinking about because it's going to be the next big thing? That mobile marketing for me is increasing, but I do think it's an area that a lot of marketers need to start trying to figure out how do they integrate this into their overall cross-channel marketing program? I mean, is it easy to set up? 
absolutely. You know, you develop an ongoing mobile strategy, you obtain a short code, you get carrier approval, and you begin testing. It's it's as easy as one, two, three. However, <laughs> build out that strategy is absolutely important. Understanding how you integrate that with your cross channel, extremely crucial. And then start socializing what you're doing, right? Because there might be other teams in the organization that are trying to do something very similar, but they're struggling to do it the right way. So if you've launched a successful mobile strategy, socialize this out to the world and help others also understand and learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to mobile. Let there be people in the organization, because even with mobile, need to involve legal, you still need to involve compliance, you might need to involve your IT teams or your um, you know, your developers, but have a sounding board that understands the rules, regulation, and processes and understands the overall mobile strategy. Get them involved early on in order to, for them to help you make the right decision. That's a really great point, Gilda, because I feel like we are so by nature, marketers, myself included, like we want to wait to get legal and compliance involved to the last minute. So it's kind of like if I would just would have talked to them at the beginning about what I wanted to do and got their insight and feedback and plan that into my effort, we probably would have ended up in a much better spot with less frustration from all parties. As you can probably tell, Gilda has a wealth of knowledge about how to think about marketing strategy across every channel, especially in large organizations. Her comment about the importance of socializing what you're doing with your mobile program or anything in marketing is so spot on. There is so much we can learn from our fellow marketers, and sometimes we get so busy that we forget to share that knowledge with everyone else. Now let's get to my favorite part of the show where we take the education and apply it to your business. There are so many great insights from my conversation with Gilda that can really help transform how you think about mobile marketing. Let's dive into my top three takeaways. First, before you start a new mobile initiative, make sure you've spent time on the strategy. We're all moving so fast on a daily basis, both as marketers and as just individual consumers, that sometimes we forget to take the time to fill out the strategy before we spin up a new program. And in all honesty, digital marketing has made this super easy to do because we can often spin up new initiatives in a matter of hours and take them down almost immediately if they're not working. And this can result in us being tempted to spin up a new campaign or program quickly with the thought that we'll figure out the rest of the details later and we'll take it down if it doesn't end up working. Trust me, I've done this myself. I think we all have. But what I think Gilda was right in challenging us to do is really thinking about our mobile strategy before we even start collecting a single mobile number. We need to be thinking about what the purpose of any mobile initiative is, how that fits into our overall mobile strategy, what goals are we trying to achieve, who are we really trying to target, how are we going to promote it, how are we integrating it into our overall customer journey. And if we can't answer all these questions, then we need to take a step back and spend some time fleshing it out. I'm not saying you have to spend months doing this and developing this complex, comprehensive mobile strategy, but it does really help in the long term if you can answer these basic questions. I also recommend documenting the strategy to whatever extent it is so you can share it with others in the organization. This can help prevent any potential confusion about what you're trying to achieve with your mobile strategy, as well as set expectations for how you're planning to use things like a short code or keywords for any SMS programs you're planning to run. It's so much more helpful to get this all figured out up front. 
Next, we all know that we need to be keeping a pulse on our opt-out rates for any of the marketing programs that we're running. But honestly, how often do we really think about what's driving those opt-outs or unfollows on social media? In most cases, myself included, I glance at opt-outs or follows every week, but I rarely take the time to ask what's causing them. This is primarily happening because I rarely see huge spikes in my opt-outs. So it's just a slow, steady stream of opt-outs happening, which doesn't seem alarming at first, but it starts to add up over time. That's why it's so important for us as marketers to spend time examining what's causing this behavior. And personally, I recommend you start looking at the frequency of the messages you're sending on that channel and how that compares with what your audiences want to see from your brand or what their expectations are. You can collect some of this information by including a brief survey, and I'm talking like one to two questions, people, on your opt-out page for email, or sending out a brief survey to your current subscribers, asking them to provide feedback on how many messages they want to receive. You could then use this information to change the overall strategy for your messaging program based on their feedback, or segment your subscribers into different groups so they are receiving the message frequency they want. The next area you're going to want to examine is the type of content you're actually sharing. Are you constantly self-promoting your brand and offerings, or are you actually including helpful and relevant content to your subscribers? We're all guilty of this. I know I've done it in the past, but we really need to think about providing a balance of content or making it super clear in the beginning that they're only going to get promotional offers from us. So subscribers know what to expect when they opt in. Personally, I love what Bed Bath & Beyond does. I think they do a great job with their SMS program. They're super clear up front that I'm only going to get promotional offers from them via SMS. They tell me how often. I don't expect anything else or anything more from them. Whereas their email program is totally different. I'm going to get an offer and I'm going to get some content. That's what I expect now. Finally, let's talk about that one topic that most marketers hate to even think about. I know I've been there, which is getting legal and compliance involved in a marketing campaign. I know, I know, we all hate doing it because they often want to make changes that I swear are crucial to my campaign and I don't want to change. But at the end of the day, they're really trying to do their job and I can either make friends with them now or be the person that comes to them at the very last minute, needs something to be reviewed immediately because it's mission critical and it always is and it has to go out today. None of us have ever done that, right? (laughs) I know I sure have. This is why we all need to start getting legal and compliance involved early on. Perhaps we flushed out our strategy for the first time and we give them a preview of the draft and give them an opportunity to share feedback on what they think might be an area of concern. This allows us to get some of those areas identified early before we spend any more time going down a path that's going to be a roadblock later on. It's also going to help you build goodwill with them because ultimately, And hopefully it doesn't happen, but we all know it will. We're going to come to them with a last minute urgent request, no matter how much planning we've done. And they're much more likely to be willing to do that if we've always tried to involve them early on. Now, here's my mobile marketing challenge for this week. If you're not familiar with how to acquire and use a short code, it's time to do some research, everyone. There are a ton of great resources on the short code registry or the mobile marketing association websites. You're going to need to really understand the process of requesting a short code, how short and long codes work differently, especially internationally, how to ensure that you're compliant with your short code messaging program, and what to expect from a potential carrier audit, because they happen more often than you think. Spending the time to become familiar in this area is going to not only increase your mobile expertise, but ensure that you're up to date on a channel that drives phenomenal results and is highly underutilized by marketers. You've been listening to Mobile Matters. 
If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also visit lumivate.com slash blog to get more access to thought leaders, best practices, and all things mobile. 